Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. Tossed Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi. I'm Sienna Jekyll. And I'm Liana Holston. And welcome to Tossed Popcorn, the podcast where two idiots watch every film on the AFI's 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time, the very slightly less racist 10th Anniversary Edition. This podcast is a safe beach for people who don't know anything. Sorry, I'm so sorry about movies. Today, I'm really sorry. Today, (laughs) we're watching Saving Private Ryan. Your brothers were killed in combat. Which, which ones? All of them. Number 71 on the AFI list. Warning, there will be spoilers about this war <laughs> old film. <laughs> also, hey, we're trying to get to 1,000 followers on Instagram by Sienna's birthday, which yes. is February 12th. Yes. Help us out. Toss us a follow at Tossed Popcorn. Get your friends to follow us. Why not? Mm. Grassroots campaign. Okay, episode time. <laughs> what what's going on with you (laughs) did you see the film i did (laughs) okay i gotta hear your prediction i have no idea what's going on with liana right now i have a lot of thoughts about how you might feel but um Uh i'll have to i'll have to do it after yeah okay time for liana's prediction of saving private ryan hey sienna it's liana i'm about to watch Saving Private Ryan, because this week has not kicked me in the tit enough, apparently. I know it's World War II. I know it starts at the invasion of Normandy. I think Matt Damon maybe is the titular Private Ryan. Other than that, I predict just boys doing war, but not in a 1917 way, somehow. Love you. Bye. Wow. Just a handful of years later, and you are so disappointed to be... To be watching a war film? Yeah. It was very different. I know it's very different, but so you hadn't seen it? We'll get into that. Wait. Okay. (laughs) I feel like that should have been in the prediction. (laughs) You'll understand why. In a little bit. Okay. (laughs) 
I'm keeping the mystery alive. <laughs> I'm scared. Here at Tossed Popcorn. Okay, time for my prediction. <laughs> hey, Liana, this is Sienna. Uh-huh. I'm about to watch Saving Private Ryan. Or as my high school boyfriend would say, Shaving Ryan's Privates. (laughs) I have seen this movie before. I saw it when I was a teenager, (laughs) and I found it to be a snooze at the time. You saw it? There was also one highly disturbing scene where a guy gets stabbed, and it's a very long scene of him begging not to be stabbed. I know it's showing the brutality of war, but I did not like it one bit. Um, I predict that some boys will will really appreciate and love each other in, in a brotherly way and kind of. one will save the uh, one will save another mm-hmm. and Tom Hanks will be in it wow and many of them will die and it will be very that. sad yeah yeah and America will be the best <laughs> America's mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. best <laughs> okay I love you goodbye hmm <laughs> Shaving Ryan's privates. Oh God, that is that's like the <laughs> most high school boyfriend thing a person could say. Yeah, like you have to laugh at it, but that's, it's not funny. Yeah. Wow, I can't believe you've seen it before. I saw it when we visited Normandy. You visited? You've been to Normandy? I have been to Normandy. I am so jealous. Yep, I was Google imaging it today. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. What did you did you go as a family? Were you the white family in the beginning of this film? <laughs> Yes. Were they were they in Normandy? Oh my god. <laughs> you know what? Oh my god. Now that I'm thinking about That's it. That's actually appalling. We're gonna have to cut that out. <laughs> well, I have to give a summary of this movie. A synopsis, yes. if you will. Yes. And I realized somebody else would have done this and like talked about the war a lot better than I did. I'm so I'm so excited to hear what you have <laughs> produced. I don't know how I avoided talking about it, but I did. Okay. The war? Yeah. Oh boy. (laughs) Saving Private Ryan. Mm -hmm. During World War II, military officials realized that three out of four brothers from the same family have all died in combat. Mm. The United States military feels bad for their mom. (laughs) So they decide to find her one living son, Private Ryan, (laughs) to send him home. Tom Hanks and ten other white guys that will make you say... Wait, what did I know that actor oh from? <laughs> Embark on a mission to find him. Mm. Nearly everyone dies. <laughs> and Private Ryan survives to bear the guilt. Yes. The end. <laughs> yeah. She's sort of doing a Megan Rapino pose. Oh. <laughs> that was great. Thank you. Yeah, you wouldn't know, besides the first sentence of that, that it was sort of during the war. It's pretty much, I mean, the point is war. Yes. Definitely, as we'll describe, the point of this movie being on the list, I'm sure, is because it really, really Mm -hmm. depicted the brutality of war. Yeah. Showed a very, very detailed scene of Normandy, especially. Uh Uh-huh. D-Day, if you will. Uh Uh-huh. Liana. Hey. I'm wondering if there's any historical context that might accompany this film. Hey, everyone. I do want to say, like, we are going to be reverent in this episode, obviously, about, like, veterans and about, like... Yes. War trauma. Yes. Anything that we're going to be like poking fun at is going to be stupid film stuff. Right. There was some of that in this movie. (laughs) But in terms of like people who have served for their countries, like we thank you for your service. And um, 
I just wanted to say that up top yes. before we get into the episode. Okay, great. Well, hello and welcome to the historical context for Saving Private Ryan, the 1998 <sighs> battle. <laughs> Steven Spielberg's father, Arnold Spielberg, served in World War II. Wow. I know. And then when Spielberg won That's the Oscar wild. for Best Director of this film, he dedicated the award to his father's heroism. Aww. And I think that does sort of come through in the movie. You kind of, there is that energy in the film. The Secretary of the U.S. Army presented Spielberg with the military's highest civilian decoration, which is called the Distinguished Civilian Service Award for this film. It really was one of the first, if not the first films, war films to actually show like the horror of war rather than just being like, USA, (laughs) USA. Definitely. Saving Private Ryan lost the Best Picture Oscar to Shakespeare in Love. (laughs) And that is women's rights. I don't care how good this movie was. Shakespeare in Love deserved that win. Okay, here we go, everyone, into into wartime. The Battle of Normandy, also known as Operation Overlord, 1944. It was an Allied operation that began the successful invasion of German-occupied Western Europe. That is why it is very significant. That is why everybody talks about it in every history book that every dad has on his bedside table. <laughs> in May of 1943, something called the Trident Conference, which is such a silly name. <laughs> It's just like heads of state who are all men getting together being like, what should we call this? How about the Trident Conference? That's, That's pretty badass. The Trident Conference happened in Washington, and that is where the decision to launch a cross-channel invasion was made or taken, if you're of the UK persuasion. The Battle of Normandy lasted nearly four months, which I, you know, I think we learn in history class but then it's easy to forget because everybody always talks about d-day so you think yeah. about it as like a one day thing yeah but it really was a months long fight um and sort of was ended or bookended it it sort of ended with on the 25th of august 1944 the liberation of paris mm-hmm. and then on the 30th of august 1944 german forces retreat across east across the seine so it was Truly very much a turning point in World War II and kind of the beginning of the end-ish. D-Day itself, also known as Operation Neptune. Because oh, Trident. The beach. Trident, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Tuesday, the 6th of June, 1944. It was. It is still the largest seaborne invasion in history. Wow. The first 10, what, 15 minutes of the movie are... Them landing at Omaha Beach. Yes. <laughs> Specifically. And Omaha Beach was one of five beaches that the Allied powers landed at on D-Day. The five beaches were called Utah, Omaha, Gold, Juno, and Sword. <laughs> Hard word. Sword. Those are obviously not like the French names for those beaches. Right. <laughs> those are what the Allied powers came up with as like the cover names for them. Omaha Beach had the highest casualties rate because of the high cliffs on that beach there were not the same sort of like barricade on other beaches but that is like a very iconic and well-known thing right sorry to call it iconic that seems kind of problematic but (sighs) no it's very emblematic of like the invasion of normandy as those shots of like high cliffs yes americans trying to come up the cliffs against the german forces that are rooted up there there's that very very sort of infamous robert f Sargent photo of the point of view of like exiting the boat and 
like heading towards shore. Yeah. And that photo is of Omaha Beach specifically, like of what it looked like to be on a boat heading toward the beach on the 6th of June, 1944. I'm going to say it. So scary. I think probably one of the scariest things a human could have to do. I just... I cannot... I <laughs> to think about it for too long. I mean, wow. Yeah. The objective uh, for specifically the people landing at Omaha Beach was to mm-hmm. secure that five-mile stretch of beach. So it was long. It, these were big swaths of land, each of these five beaches. And they were hoping to secure that five-mile, eight-kilometer stretch and link it with Gold Beach to the east and Utah to the west so that they could kind of create a line of coast that the Allied powers took over and gained control of. It did not really go to plan for a few reasons. One was there were strong currents and a lot of the forces landed further east than expected, not fully like on a different beach, but just further east on the anticipated beach. The U.S. bombers delayed releasing their loads to kind of clear the obstacles that were on the beach because they were worried about hitting their own like forces close to oh, the beach. And so uh-huh. like, I don't know. And that led to difficulty clearing paths through the obstacles for the soldiers to actually get through which we sort of see in the movie. Uh, C is such a, well, we'll get into it. Um, And another thing that was kind of a surprise to the Allied powers at Omaha Beach specifically was that the German 352nd Infantry Division, which the Allied powers believed to be 20 miles inland, was fully there, (laughs) right behind the beach. Apparently they were doing like a training exercise super nearby and were able to bring them extremely quickly up to bolster the German defenses. So it was a way stronger defense than the Allied powers had been expecting, specifically at Omaha on those cliffs. By the end of the day, on June 6, 1944, at Omaha Beach, they had secured two small isolated footholds, which was not the actual like full objective. They eventually got to that later, but it was something, especially given the circumstances. The following stats are from Wikipedia, and I am sorry, but they are. Over the 100 days following D-Day, more than 1 million tons of supplies... 100,000 vehicles and 600,000 men were landed and 93,000 casualties were evacuated via Omaha Beach. So that just speaks to how important this invasion was as a strategic move for the Allied powers during the war. Saving Private Ryan itself is based loosely on a true story. Whoa. I know. The U.S. War Department or the Department of Defense has something called the Sole Survivor Directive. Which is the result of, on November 13th, 1942, the sinking of the cruiser, the USS Juno, during the Battle of Guadalcanal by a Japanese torpedo. On that cruiser in the U.S. Navy were five brothers of the Sullivan family. Oh. And they were all five brothers in that family. And all of them died when the cruiser sank. Gosh. And that, along with several other sets of brothers who had also perished like up to that point in the uh-huh. war, led the Department of Defense to create something called Directive 1315.15, which is called the Special Separation Policies for Survivorship. And it's designed to protect lone remaining family members from military duty. So it really is a real thing that the U.S. Army... And kind of government instituted to find the last person, and, or basically they would either like them find them and send them home, uh-huh. relieve them of duty, or they would say like you don't need to enlist, or in fact like you shouldn't. Wow, <laughs> yeah, because it was that big of a thing. Do you yeah. know if they split them up as well more? Because it's just a bummer to all be on the same. I ship. think they started to more up until that point, like the five Sullivan, the five Sullivan brothers. That was not a rare thing, but it uh-huh. also wasn't like common. It just wasn't. 
Yeah. It kind of happened sometimes. Yeah. But not intentionally. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Sometimes earlier, I think they would put families like brothers together for morale, family morale mm-hmm. in units. But then I think maybe they did start more consciously like splitting them up. Right. A bit more. I know. And then, so that was 1942 that they they created this directive. And then in 1944, the Neeland brothers, Frederick Fritz Neeland and his three other brothers all enlisted in the U.S. Army. In May of 1944, Edward Neeland, who was a pilot in the U.S. Army force in the Pacific Theater, was shot down over Burma. On June 6, 1944, Robert Neeland, who was in the 82nd Airborne Division, died on D-Day. June 7th of 1944, Preston Neeland, who was in the 4th Infantry Division, died of his wounds near Omaha Beach. Frederick, or Frederick Fritz Neeland, who was in the 101st Airborne Division, the 501st Regiment, he parachuted into Normandy and was temporarily separated from his unit. Sound familiar? And the army sent a chaplain from the 501st Regiment to find Fritz and put in the paperwork to send him home. Now, Fritz was never, like, lost. They didn't send a whole group of guys to uh-huh. retrieve him. But that is the true story that Saving Private Ryan is wow. like, so inspired by. Fritz eventually was shipped back to England and then eventually back home to the U.S. And a, like, pseudo-happy part of the story is that Edward Neeland, one of the other brothers, actually it was found out later that he survived capture in a Burmese prisoner of war camp and was sent home before the war's end as well. And that is the end of the historical context for Saving Private Ryan, a war film about the war. Yes. And oh, it was war. It was war? Are you with like seven other guys looking for one guy right now? Go find him. (laughs) We'll be right back. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. Dad deserves something really nice for Father's Day. But let's face it, we usually don't do it. Big gifts are for Mother's Day. Picking something up on the way is for Father's Day. Well, let's make Father's Day something this year with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. It whips up over 60 premium cocktails on demand, each ready at the push of a button. And right now, you get $50 off the Bartesian Cocktail Maker when you buy one pack of Dad's favorite cocktail capsules. Dad will publicly love that you saved 50 on the countertop machine that crafts premium cocktails on demand. And he'll secretly love that you splurged on him for Father's Day with the gift of a Bartesian. Because the only thing that lets Dad know he's the world's number one dad better than a world's number one dad coffee mug is an artisan cocktail in his hand. Make dad's Father's Day and Father's Day cocktails with all natural juices and bitters without making any mess at all. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get $50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. 
What's up, guys? This is Sean, Lights Out Merriman, and Saturday, June 15th, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 17 returns to Casino Palma in San Diego. Get your tickets now at LightsOutXF.com, and we'll be live on Lights Out Sports TV, available on all major platforms. Doors open at 5 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be Lights Out. Lights Out Sports is free sports TV by athletes for fans. For details about the event and tickets, go to LightsOutXF.com. Liana, thank you for that historical context in this historical movie. Very historical, yes. <laughs> Sienna, what did you think of this film? I This is one thing, like, you know when I see a 70s movie and you're like, I can't see Liana yeah. digging this? That is how I felt watching it. I just kept thinking, I can't see Sienna <laughs> digging it's this. It's hard to picture me just, like, looking at it. And... <laughs> yeah, I actually can't. Yeah, yeah. Well, since I'd seen it before and it really didn't work on me before, <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah. I did not hate it as much as I did the first time. Mm-hmm. I see that it's based on historical events, but a bit silly in terms of <laughs> like anything that they could be doing in terms of a mission. Yeah. They're like going to get a guy. They said eight guys to get one guy. Yeah. Yeah. And they lose five guys on yeah. the way to get that one guy. But yeah. along the way, they were just showing like, the horrible violence of war. And that was very effective to me. Yes. And I really don't mind seeing violence on TV for some reason. That is so worrying. It's so weird. So when you were watching the specifically like the opening scene, the landing at Omaha beach. Yeah. Talk me through your experience. Very long scene. And your eyes were on the screen the whole time? Not the whole time. Okay. But I, you know, I'm, I'm interested in history enough yeah. that I, I do think that's just a, a horrifying and amazing feat yeah. by the U.S. military that we were able to, like the defensive powers coming from the Germans was yeah. just like crazy, yeah. crazy. Yeah. So um, it, it was very uh, thrilling, haunting, mm. horrifying. Mm-hmm. And for anybody who doesn't know, the opening like ten minutes of the film are showing the American troops landing, like getting at off the Omaha boats, Beach, getting off the boats, just getting mowed down with machine gun yeah. fire and like artillery that's coming from over the the cliff, and it shows in in very graphic detail, yeah, like injuries sustained by that, the extent of like human damage that was done, very very bloody, very yeah. bloody depictions. Liana, did you watch the film? I, you know, <laughs> after last week, I said. Let me sit down and give it a try. You know what? I'm really going to try. I'm going to try and I'm going to I'm going to really try and put my eyes on it. I threw up. <gasps> you- <laughs> See folks, she comes by it honestly. We've seen the comments saying that one woman uh, doesn't watch violence, and that's mm-hmm. stupid. Mm-hmm. She's known. <laughs> I know my limits. <laughs> what? What? What part? What part? I mean, the whole. It's oh, just a whole. It's like Lord. a. It's like a parade of guts. And there was just thinking about it now. There's there's an, a shot of a guy and his his intestines are like outside <laughs> yes. of his body, Gross. famously not where they're supposed to be. Yeah. And then there was a moment where a guy picked up his own arm off the ground. Oh yeah. See, I, didn't, I was like. Oh. <laughs> I was really trying. I really was like doing my yeah. best to see at least some of the screen at all times. And now this is where I have to tell you. Could you please read the first note in my phone notes? Yes. Everybody, welcome to phone notes. This is, of course, where we talk about the notes that we took on our phones while <laughs> yeah. watching the movie. Liana's first note, sigh. 
I guess you win, Mr. Cox. When I was in the eighth grade, in my U.S. history class, uh-huh. um, our eighth grade history teacher, Mr. Cox, had us all get permission slips signed from bar- by our parents to let us watch the first 15 minutes of Saving Private Ryan. Whoa. I'm sitting down in the classroom to watch this. I'm shaking already because I'm really worried about yeah. it. And I know, I know that I can't stomach violence. Yeah. We see the old man scene at Normandy. Yeah. <laughs> then it goes to the Omaha Beach landing scene. And it zooms in on a person's shaking hands. He's like uncapping a canteen and his yeah. hands are shaky. And I knew what was coming. And I said, I have to go. <laughs> And I left the room and I sat in Mr. Cox's office for the rest of the class period with one other person who was also too stressed out to watch the film. That is so funny. So I did not know that Tom Hanks is in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Because I left right before they pan up to it's Tom Hanks. (laughs) But this really felt like sort of a full circle moment of like Mr. Cox somehow cosmically finally so, got me to watch. So what was that moment like when you had that same, you saw the shaking hands, uh-huh. the canteen, and then it went up, the camera says, hello. There were like Tom Hanks. nine moments of that throughout the film because it kept being ultra famous white so actors. So many. And also this movie feels extremely modern, even mm-hmm. though it's from the 90s. Like it feels, it could be from like, I don't know, 2017. Mm-hmm. In terms of just because I think the gruesome thing is something we've kept around for a long time now. Hundred percent, yeah. So like any war film now, I think, is doing yeah the same thing to portray like the horrors of war. Absolutely, which is such a hard like. Like I, I don't fault these movies for these depictions, right? Because it's not, it's not gratuitous. It's literally like accurate. It's what it's like, and yeah. it's not like stupid fucking art, like men making. Yeah. Making up a situation yes. that nobody needs to actually see of, of human suffering. It's like depicting what actually has historically happened. Right. But not for me. Not for me to cast my eyes upon. Oh, that or is my so tongue. funny. That is so funny that you threw up. <laughs> okay, yeah. Leona's third note. Tom Hanks! <laughs> and your first one. It's just funny that Tom Hanks is in this. I'm sorry. It's, I'm sorry. It's, he's just Tom Hanks. Like, that. that's the problem with being so famous is that yeah. anything you're in, it's like, well, you're just... You're Tom Hanks. What is Tom Hanks doing here? He also always like plays like a sweetie, even though he usually plays a very angry man. Yeah. <laughs> when you think about it in all the movies even he's in. Woody from Toy Story. Yeah. An angry cowboy. I'm in World War II. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. A Tom Saving Hanks Private Ryan. <laughs> Throughout my notes, you will see just, is that, and then blank yeah. name of some incredibly famous That's, person. That is part, it's kind of like blood everywhere and then a cameo that makes you go like, oh. Paul Giamatti. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was crazy. Paul Giamatti. Ted Danson. Ted Danson. Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. For a second. Vin Diesel? Vin Diesel. (laughs) Yeah. What's his name? Giovanni Oh, yeah. From Friends and from Avatar. Yes. (laughs) And then the other one from Friends, the guy with the extremely narrow head. I called him Strong Eyebrows. Oh. Can I tell you something? Yes. And this is, I will bring this up again in the Badges and Tragedies segment. I once saw Matt Damon on the sidewalk in New York City, and he smiled at me. No. With those shiny white teeth, baby. I, I actually don't believe you. Oh. <laughs> that sounds like a lie. Well, I'll tell you where it happened. Okay. Maybe that'll help. Yeah. It was right outside the public theater where I was interning uh-huh. in Manhattan. He was walking out of a car and into a building, and I was walking sort of perpendicular to him yeah. to go pick up lunch. Sure. And he looked at me and he smiled. Okay, I, I believe said, mm-hmm. I believe that's something he would do. I believe he'd get out of a car and, do, and go into a building. All right, oh, yeah. I, I believe you. And he was so hot the whole time. 
I, I really felt blessed that day. He's like a delightful I'd seen an angel. He's a delight. I love to look at him. I love to listen to him speak. Me His too. His monologue reflecting upon. I was like, I could watch this for hours. About when they're talking about how there was a really, really building an ugly, ugly woman. lady. He got extremely misogynist for like seven minutes right before the ending I, battle. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> it was crazy. Because one thing this movie doesn't have is a lot of women to like objectify. A hundred percent. So There's it's one, one of those. scene with women in it and they're all secretaries. Yeah. Writing down the words of men. Yeah. And that's all the women that you see. Right. They don't. They don't have any like, bom, 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 wow, right. Wow. There's none of the like, um, what was it? The apocalypse. Apocalypse now, where yeah. it's just like, or mash, the boy bunnies well, come mash out and dance, or they're sexually harassed yeah. for two hours. There's yeah. always the um, the obligatory boob yeah. scene, and <laughs> where they bring one someone in to get so close to the end, and you think there's not going to be any sort of a boob scene, and, <laughs> and there isn't. Then. But um, but it. <laughs> And it's not the worst thing ever, but it is hilarious to me that his story is like, the last time I saw my brothers all together, well, one of them was going to have sex with a lady who's really ugly. And the other brother was like, don't do it. She's so You're a young ugly. man. <laughs> but right before that, strong eyebrows is, or not strong eyebrows, the guy who, this is tough. I was sure Luke Wilson was in this movie. That would have been wonderful. And he, as it turns out, was not, but the man I thought was Luke Wilson the whole oh, time. Oh, you thought someone was, was Luke sure Wilson. I was sure that was Luke Wilson. I was 100% sure I was looking straight at Luke Wilson. Who? The guy who looks just like Luke Wilson. Pointy face. The guy who does the monologue about the woman who like runs a department store or the apartment building that he lives in. They're sitting, they're listening to the Edith Piaf gramophone. About the bra. And he gives an entire monologue <laughs> about this woman who like was the the super's wife, I think. And he's like, her boobs were so big. And she once put on this bra that was too small. And she looked right at me and she said, if you're scared during the war, just think about my boobs. And I was watching that like, come on! (laughs) Think about that for two seconds. If you are as a woman, if you're beloved or just somebody you care deeply about is going off to war you're not what like think about the things that you would say to sort of bolster them i would never ever ever say to somebody hey if you're ever feeling scared just think of these <laughs> well maybe that's you crazy to me <laughs> they have to remind each other that even though they've been caring about each other and they'll hold them when they're when they're perishing and they'll share gum and they'll tell each other that they love each other in so many words that they're still not gay Yes. That's very important. Very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, I had a boner when I looked at boobs. (laughs) Do you want to split my gum? (laughs) I hope you don't die. I love you. (laughs) I'm incredibly heterosexual. I love boobs. (laughs) I'm thinking about them right now. (laughs) What my the thing I miss the most about the United States of America? The boobs. I oh got a good pair of American boobs. Oh, come on. I can't believe there hasn't been a film called American Boobs. <laughs> Probably has. <laughs> Sienna, you have said, earn this, quote, is the most fucked up thing he could have possibly said to this man. Is that what he says when he dies? He brings... All That's what he says? Tom Hanks oh my gosh. brings I Private Ryan to his face. He says, hey, come here. I'm dying. I'm dying. Come here. That was good. And he says, earn this. <laughs> you want to know something? My dumb thing? Yeah. The thing that I did that was dumb? Yeah. Earlier, he and Matt Damon were talking about his wife and the roses. 
And there was some sort of thing. He was like, oh, I keep that for myself. And then he said something to Matt Damon. And I thought he said Ernest. <gasps> and I thought he was like telling Matt Damon his middle name. That, no, that's believable. Or something about the roses. Yeah. <laughs> it's Ernest. But then no. I was really confused during the last scene where he's an old man again and really emotional. I was like, huh? <laughs> what and is now he? it makes sense. Because <laughs> he told him to earn it. <laughs> no, oh. literally he's like, you know all the survivor's guilt you're about to have generally? And the PTSD and everything yeah. the veterans have to deal with. <laughs> yeah. I also want to tell you specifically, we all died for you and you convinced us to stay oh longer for this gosh. particular battle and more of us died. Yeah. This is on you. It was a very psychologically insane thing to say. Yeah. It's funny too, because I feel like in the 90s when this movie came out before, we've had a lot of, you know, collective talks about mental health and mm. boundaries. Mm. <laughs> this was probably like mm. a really beautiful thing to say. Like, oh, make right. your life count. Earn right. this. Yeah. But now we'd know, like, that is a very toxic thing mm. to say to me right it's now. Very toxic That's to me, Tom Don't put that on me. Don't say that while you're dying. That's <laughs> really fucked up of you. That was very selfish. The last thing you said was very problematic. His therapist is going to be like, Private Ryan's therapist is going to be like, that was really, really selfish of him to say. Yeah. I'm sorry. It was very, he's a narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> that was really fucked up. You should cut him out of your life. <laughs> well, he did. Wait, was that Paul Giamatti? Go figure it out. We'll be right back. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. Father's Day is coming, a day we celebrate the guy who's always there for us to crack a dad joke. Well, you know what's not a dad joke? Getting $50 off the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker with the purchase of his favorite cocktail capsule pack. $50 off. No dad joke. See, this is a dad joke. I lost my glasses today, and guess who I bumped into? Everyone. But the Bartesian cocktail maker, it's no joke. Each cocktail capsule contains real fruit juices and all natural bitters, so dad can make over 60 premium cocktails he loves. Sidecars, old fashions, gimlets, all with the push of a button. So for the dad who loves a cocktail with friends and a good joke from time to time, get the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. What's up, guys? This is Sean, Lights Out Merriment, and Saturday, June 15th, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 17 returns to Casino Palma in San Diego. Get your tickets now at LightsOutXF.com, and we'll be live on Lights Out Sports TV, available on all major platforms. Doors open at 5 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be Lights Out. Lights Out Sports is free sports TV by athletes for fans. For details about the event and tickets, go to LightsOutXF.com. You know, honestly, what this film left me with? Men should not be in power. <laughs> no. <laughs> Men are the reason that war happens. And I just do feel that if women had been leading the world, yes. we would not have had so many wars. That is true, 100%. I just think that's true. Yeah. Just any non-men. 
being in charge, I just think there would be fewer people exploding on our screens definitely. today. Definitely. There definitely would be. We have to talk about that. That one guy who went out to put some dynamite on a tank and then he exploded. <gasps> they did not spend enough time on that either. That you also, <laughs> normally, I've gotten very good at predicting when somebody's going to like severely die in front of me. That came out of nowhere. I, I saw the whole thing. I, I gasped. I loud. feel like they dispo- they decided to do that in post. Oh, it sucked so much. There was no no one was like, uh, sucks that, that guy died. Instead, they were like, okay, your turn. They don't focus on it at all afterwards. It happens and then they just move on. Which honestly, I felt that was a little bit even more like accurate to war because it's yeah. like, okay, that guy just exploded and now I have to go over here. Like, no time to process yes. what I just saw. Yeah, it's your turn now. Oh. We got to do it because we need to take on these tanks. That was awful. Uh, this this movie made me scared to death. Oh, that's interesting. And Catholic school did not. They tell you dying is the best thing you can do. (laughs) They're like, it's great. Everybody's there. It's a big party. Are they not allowed to show Saving Private Ryan in Catholic school? (laughs) (laughs) No, they are. But uh, (laughs) that man Mm. was, he ran up there. Things like that where it's just like that man became three parts all of a sudden. (laughs) And was no longer, like we just, it was like a balloon. It really was like a balloon yeah. filled with paint. Yeah. It was crazy to look that at. That was a crazy... That was visually insane. Visually insane. And I was like, that was just an entire life just... Yeah. Why didn't anybody say anything about that? Why'd they all just... Why was this not discussed? <laughs> no one said anything. I needed like a whole meeting about I that I feel moment. like at the end of the movie... Like a team meeting. Like Tom Hanks should have pulled him in and be like, been like, earn this. Also, can we talk about that guy who blew up? That was crazy. Liana, you've said, Americans are so embarrassing <laughs> because at any moment we might say, hey guys. <laughs> Please say more. This is, they're in the bombed out French village. Uh-huh. And I think they've just seen Paul Giamatti <laughs> and I'm sort of reeling from having just seen Paul Giamatti yeah. unexpectedly. Yeah. Which you just don't, you're not expecting in, not nowadays to just see Paul Giamatti. You're Maybe like, in 98. John Adams? But yeah, John Adams from the HBO limited series, John Adams. <laughs> What are you doing here? Which Tom Hanks produced, apparently. I believe that. They're friends. I believe that so much. <laughs> it's in that uh, section of the film. And I think it might be Paul Giamatti, or it's the guy who then later says the title of the film <laughs> in the film. But somebody goes up and just goes, hey, guys. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I couldn't, I hadn't up until that point been able to put my finger on why I was like, this movie is not doing it for me in the way that 1917 did. And it's because, it's in part because of the stupid American accent where somebody at any at any moment in history, in human history, an American might say, hey guys. Hey guys. <laughs> World That's War II. So the freaking signing of the Declaration of Independence. Hey guys. Hey guys. Can you sign this? Could we, I think we should all sign. Hey guys. Hey guys. Does anybody have a quill? Anyone have a <laughs> The moon landing. Hey guys, one, st- hey guys, one small step for guys. I think I'm going to go take a small step out there. <laughs> Is that okay with you? Hey guys. <laughs> Women securing the right to vote. Hey guys. Hey guys. No. Famously no. That's our whole thing. Ah, come on. Gender neutral. Well, yeah, we all say it. <laughs> hey guys. Oops. Ah, damn. <laughs> God, it's just crazy. It's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing to sound like an American when I talk. It is funny that moment when they do find him because we're all like yay and they're all like but then you're like oh yeah uh sorry we're here to tell you that your whole family died it was a roller coaster yeah yeah war man war war okay liana shall we move on to our next segment yes 
This, of course, is Badges and Tragedies. Yes. Uh, where we give badges for the Allied powers. <laughs> <gasps> it's just so fun when you say a war thing. And Tragedies for the Axis powers. Slay! My first badge is sheep. <laughs> I like those sheep. They were nice. It was nice to they see them. They were the only alive animals in the movie. Yeah. My first badge is for just seeing other parts of the war, like them literally writing the letters and telling the mom. I don't know. I found that interesting. Mm-hmm. Versus just being on the front. Yeah. Badge for the line, gripes go up, not down. I think that is not a bad business model. Badge for food looks so good when everything around it is inhospitable and terrible. Are you talking about the sandwiches? The sandwiches. The sandwiches looked so good. They've literally just gone through war. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a phrase. And war on a beach. So it's yeah. like extra messy. Yeah. Because it's wet. It's sand. It's rock. Oh, that bloody ocean. Ooh. Badge for the French family in the bombed out village when they give the girl back to her dad and she just starts yelling at him. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you just handed me to a bunch of Americans? What the crap, dad? What the hell? What the mared? What the mared? <laughs> I wrote, word for word, badge for big good scene, good job. <laughs> that is what I wrote down it's most of these about the 15 scenes. minute oh. D-Day scene. They definitely did. They did do it. It was a big, good scene, good job. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Badge for the line, when was the last time you felt good about anything? And I said, hello? Hello. (laughs) Relatable content. (laughs) Feeling seen. This week especially. Um, Badge for Matt Damon laughing is a delight. Oh, I love looking at him. My next badge is Matt Damon is so hot, always has been, always will be. Yeah, he's a good... And a badge for myself because Matt Damon once smiled at me on the sidewalk. <laughs> Good. Congrats on your badge. Thank you, Matt Damon. Badge for not much speaking. <laughs> not much. <laughs> much more watchable. <laughs> a badge for this tank just doing its best because that is exactly how I felt this week. This is in the final battle scene. They really wreck a tank's, I don't know, chain around its wheels to the point that it shouldn't still be going, but it persists. <laughs> Nevertheless, that tank persisted. And I said, you go, girl. You and me both. I have a, uh, this is a sad badge, but for that scene with, what's his name? Giovanni, whatever, uh-huh. mm-hmm. guy from Friends. Yes. Um, the scene where he dies is uh, very sad and very, very powerful. It was a bummer. Uh, it was like, it was awful, but um, yeah, it really, I couldn't, I couldn't stop watching. As soon as he gave that earlier monologue about like, sometimes I didn't want to talk to my mom when she got home from work. I was like, oh, he's going to die. <laughs> yes. Because as soon as they're like, I wish I'd spent more time with my... That person is going to pass it, away before they get to see that person again. It is also like a formulaic Spielberg blockbuster. Definitely. My final badge is a badge for a tweet that I saw while um, opening Twitter in the middle oh? of this movie, which was, what's a good male acting performance where he isn't yelling? <laughs> And I was like, I'm not sure. <laughs> On to tragedies. Tragedies. Oh. <laughs> My first trage in this movie is Tom Hanks trying to use a cappuccino machine. <laughs> that was hard to watch. It was really hard to watch. I was like, how old is this machine? What are you expecting here? Why did you expect? Why did you think this was going to work? What did you think? I really couldn't believe it. I was like, maybe they trucked it in from, like, maybe it's an American cappuccino machine that they brought over for the war. There's nothing in there. But if that is, you just found that in that French ruined house. The pity I felt. 
My first trage is a trage for, I'm so sorry, but some of this cinematography is a bit eye roll. Eye roll like it movie. It just was a 90s Spielberg film. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of his movies already. And so they're getting a little bit predictable and it's just gonna be a really wide shot. Yeah. And John Williams did the score. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. I have a trage for war. Nice. Me personally, I yes. think it's a, a tough break, that thing. Slay, girly. A trage for I have never heard so many men yelling at once. Which is really <laughs> saying something for a movie on this list. But the scene where the guy knocks over a wall and it reveals like 20 <gasps> Germans. Yeah. And then everyone is yelling. Whoa. Trage for I'm sorry, this mission doesn't seem worth it. Mm. Yeah. It's also the only thing that you have to really think about the whole time because they're fighting mm-hmm. and going to get a guy. Yeah. Because in 1917, they're going to get 1,600 guys. Right. And that, that sense. was crazy. That. Those Crystal stakes clear. are, whoa. You get This it. is like, huh? A trash fort. He smelled a leg. <laughs> Did you see this? I don't remember it. They get to the place where the plane crashed and it's right before they start going through all the dog tags. And the medic is like, hey, smell that leg for me. Does it smell like cheese? And the guy goes, yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I thought we were maybe through the worst Why of it. Why did he want to see that it smelled like cheese? Because it meant that it needed to be amputated. Oh. Yeah. Oh, trudge for the coward character. Mm. That was hard to watch. Mm. I get it. I get why they had him in there, but mm. it was like, dude, go save your friend. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Trage for the French countryside is so beautiful. Please stop blowing it to bits. Boys. Boys. Stop doing that. Trage for that slow knifing scene. Oy. Can't handle it. A trage for he said the title of the film. <laughs> he just came right out and said the title. I didn't remember of the that. Film. A guy literally says, well, you know, if at the end of the day, saving Private Ryan is what gets us home. And I was like, oh, my God. It all comes down. Come on. To saving Private <laughs> Ryan. Final trad just for as we were talking about the confusing tone of a movie like this, just because war is yeah. a complicated thing. Um, the moral of the story being war is the worst thing ever. But you gotta do it. You gotta do it. It's like, uh, I guess that's, I guess I'll take your word for it, that that's what I feel right now. For this war, I guess, yes. Uh, Trage for, now, why have we not gotten more tight t-shirt moments? Okay. There is a blink and you'll miss it moment where a man in a very tight t-shirt is fixing a part of a bridge. And I said, excuse me. Hello? If anybody... with any semblance of the female gaze had been involved in the production of this film, Please. we could have had that so much Whole time. Trage 4, I'm sorry, but I feel Roger Deakins did it better. In terms of a war film cinematography-wise... Oh. Can't beat it. 1917. You can't beat it. Nothing holds a candle to it. Uh, Trage 4, the story about a woman who tells him, if you're scared, just think of my boobs. <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> Trage for, I just don't want a movie where I'm rooting for one guy to shoot a bunch of other guys. Yeah. That was a little bit of a hard thing here where you do find yourself rooting for yes. destruction. I, it's weird. You become completely desensitized. Yeah. As they tell us in literally every history class. Yeah. Yeah. My final trage is the 
letter that's read that's like the letter written to mrs ryan at the end saying like sorry about three of your sons but we're sending one of them home yeah there's a quote in it that's like referring to the war as quote this great campaign to rid the world of tyranny and oppression and it's just it's a it's an existential trage because you know that that is like what was sort of the motive of the second world war but just like to look at the world today yeah with with that in mind is mm-hmm. like a, mm-hmm. what has improved what has changed i don't really know oh sienna let us let us um <laughs> it's like a non march on verb. let us march on Marchons, marchons, French national anthem, to our segment, How to Pretend You've Seen This Film. This is for, you are in history class. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yes. And you know there's that kid who's super really freaking into the history. The war kid. The war kid. The freaking war kid. There's always a war kid who knows so much about planes. <laughs> Draws them. You're just trying to watch the movie that they have up on screen, which is 1917, by the way. Uh, and this guy, Ryan? Ryan. Ryan is sitting behind you and he goes, psst, psst. Oh, what? Psst. What? Hey. Okay. I could hear you. Are you enjoying the movie? I, I I'm not. <laughs> Boy, I wish we were watching another movie instead of this one. And I bet you can't even guess which one. You've probably never even heard of it. Is it Saving Private Ryan? It's called Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> okay. And in order to stop Ryan from bombarding you with facts about this film we're going to give you a few sentences you can say to pretend you've seen saving private ryan uh yes ryan i've known about saving private ryan actually for a long time now and what i what i absolutely can say with certainty is d-day was uh, fucked up yeah some real fucked up shit happened on and after d-day mm-hmm. yes ryan i have seen saving private ryan uh, that movie is well known for showing the horrors very graphically and accurately of World War II. Ryan, please don't talk to me about Saving Private Ryan because I will throw up. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Yes, Ryan, I've seen Saving Private Ryan. It's known as being a very accurate and gruesome war film. It's interesting to think back on how Schindler's List, which is one of Spielberg's earlier films in the 90s, was kind of the first time he got taken seriously as a dramatic director. Whoa. Seems like it really served him here. Whoa. In this well-respected war film. Whoa. Ryan, I've seen Saving Private Ryan. There is a motif in that film of hands. (laughs) Are there? Is there? Yeah. His hands are very shaky the whole time. Like, they track it, and then they they show hands, like close-ups of hands a lot. And now we must, um, gosh, there's just no way to reference this film without sounding incredibly irreverent about the <laughs> Battle of Normandy. Okay. Now we must cross through the field into our segment, Should You Watch This Or? Which we tell you if we think you should watch this movie or if you should do perhaps something else. Liana, get it over with. Oh, we're back, baby. Should you watch this or should you watch 1917? Everybody out there. Hey, guys. Hey guys, you gotta watch 1917. Hey guys, I'm gonna watch it this weekend. My friend suggested I watch it yesterday. Eliza, friend of the pod, hello to them. They were like, you should watch 1917 to kind of like cleanse your palate. And I I said to them, I was like, I think if I watch 1917 before I record an episode about Saving Private Ryan, 
1917 will tape over any memory I have <laughs> of Saving Private yeah. Ryan. They both got war. They both got the horrors of war. Yeah. I just think, A, 1917, under two hours. Incredible. B, the cinematography and the use of the score in 1917 is just more interesting. It makes it a more interesting viewing experience mm-hmm. of a film. The British acting. Unmatched. And I didn't throw up when I saw 1917. <laughs> Excellent. And I saw it six times. Sienna, what would you say? Yes. Well, I also quite enjoy 1917. I do <sighs> think it's the superior war movie. If you want to watch something World War II and haven't seen it, Jojo Rabbit. Oh, yeah. Did you see that film? Yeah. Two cute little boy best friends. And then it's also very dark yeah. <laughs> and gruesome at times. Written and directed by Taika Waititi. Yep. Our friend Taika, friend of the pod. <laughs> Optimistically, to us. we have DM'd him. <laughs> yeah, mm. I mean, this is this is fine. I know, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I really ju- don't. I just feel like everyone's forced to watch it at some point. Mm. So, And it seems like it. <laughs> I'm starting to believe that. There's no way you're not going to see this at some As point. As an American, it's sort of an inescapable movie. And it does, like, it needed to be made. We needed to have just an American Tom Hanks war movie that yeah. does a good job of showing World War II. And they did that. And I think we needed a war movie that finally was like, war is so gross guys it's really gross but also look at it you gotta do it (laughs) sienna what would you rate the film saving private ryan as we've said this one is tough it's not my favorite movie in the world Mm -hmm. i think it achieved what it wanted to do um i keep giving things twos even things that i really liked like a (laughs) 1.9 what no yeah (laughs) 1.9 out of five Sticky grenades. Oh, yeah. Sticky bombs. Is that what they were? Sticky bombs. Mm. Gosh, I really don't know. I don't think I liked the movie, but for some reason, the overall thing is leaving me with the energy of three tanks out of five. T. Anks. Tom. Anks. (laughs) I was thinking about that. Hanks. Actually, during the movie. Oh. I saw Tank and I was like, that's you. Tom. <laughs> Thomas the Hanks engine. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Good. Yes. Three tanks out of five. The historical, I don't know about necessarily accuracy in terms of all of it, but just in terms of depicting the horrors of war, I think it is important to do that. If you're going to make yeah. a war movie, it's good to not glorify it. The Matt Damon of it all. I will look yeah. at that man. Until the cows come home. Yeah. And they're not, because they are dead in the field. And I just, I, I enjoyed doing the historical context for it. Yeah. So that made for it, for me, an overall, like, pleasant episode experience. Yeah. Personally. I'm glad. But I wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't recommend that you see it I'm happen. glad you're giving it a three, because I feel like mine's a little too low, but I'm not going to change it. Well, and, like, I think my enjoyment of it would be, like, a, a one. I'll say at it. most. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was really hard to watch, <laughs> as it is supposed to be. Yeah. And the thing that it set out to do, unlike a lot of these movies made by men on this list, is not like directly harming a people, like a yeah. group of people or an identity or a population of some sort. That's a great point. Like a lot of these movies are actually kind of damaging. It was one of the least <laughs> offensive society. somehow. Yeah, it was. It's hard to watch, but in terms Minus of... Minus the boob line. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, say it. Well, there you go, everyone. There you go. That was our review of Shaving... <laughs> Don't say that. Saving Private Ryan. 
Uh, thank you everyone so much for listening once again if you want to help us get to 1k on instagram toss us a follow at tossed popcorn we are also on tiktok we are also on twitter we are also on patreon and join us next week when we will be watching oh i don't know the shawshank redemption (laughs) we're keeping it 90s baby i will never know peace Oh, God. Thank you. We love you. Bye. You can find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app. Saving Private Ryan. Oh my god. <laughs> He's kind of yelling all the time. Yeah. I couldn't believe it was Tom Hanks. <laughs> Crazy. What's up, guys? This is Sean. Lights Out Merriment. And Saturday, June 15th, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 17 returns to Casino Palma in San Diego. Get your tickets now at lightsoutxf.com. And we'll be live on Lights Out Sports TV, available on all major platforms. Doors open at 5 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be Lights Out. Lights Out Sports is free sports TV by athletes for fans. For details about the event and tickets, go to lightsoutxf.com. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com.